Hello, and welcome to another episode of Compose Living with Elsa Elbert. I am Elsa Elbert, and today I'm talking to Robin Bab Olaskuaga, and she is the owner. Proper pronunciation. <laughs> you have to say the last name with your eyebrows raised, otherwise you don't say it correctly. Mm-hmm. Robin is the owner of Olasco Interiors, who has through that business helped us with this house and also the cabin in Lake Arrowhead, which is so awesome. Beautiful design work. She will tell you a little bit about her background and how she came into the interior design world. It's such a fun story. Um, and more importantly, such a nice friend to have. And I'm so happy to have you here before this intro. We were just saying we never get a chance to catch up because it's all been work. So you can get the pleasure of listening to us catch up now. (laughs) Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm so honored that you invited me to be part of this. And yeah, like we were just saying, like we don't really get a much of a chance to catch up just like one-on-one hanging out. So it's really nice to get this time together. Yeah. As friends do casually just hanging out with microphones in Mm, their faces. Yeah. And listeners. Yeah. It's totally (laughs) fine. No biggie. We'll make it super fun for us and for everyone else. Um, Tell us a little bit about your journey. I don't want this podcast to be all about like business and stuff, but I do think that the Pete, like the path that people follow to get to where they are now is super interesting. And we can also dive into like things that you're loving about it or Mm -hmm. struggles, whatever, all of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like I've had sort of nine lives of a career, so we'll just dive right into that. Um, As everyone should by this point. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's the way that, that's my path, and I've been loving it. So Um, so I'm from the Chicago area originally, um, grew up in the Midwest, and um, I was a journalism and mass communication major. I didn't know that. My first job out of college was at an architecture firm, really small boutique firm, and um, kind of wore many hats and was around creatives all the time. And it really sort of in, instilled this idea in me of like, always be creating and always be surrounding yourself with creativity. Hmm. Um, so that was an amazing job. And I kind of moved through a couple of other jobs in Chicago, um, image consulting. I was a wardrobe stylist for an image consulting firm for a no. while. Um, what is an image consult like for a celebrity or like just normal people who are going out into the press world? Well, this particular company didn't really focus on celebrities as much as, you know, everyday people who maybe are making a transition in their lives. So maybe they've just gotten divorced and they want to sort of go into the dating world again and how can they put their best foot forward and face forward. And so it was actually a really cool company. There was an image consultant, there was a wardrobe stylist, there was a speech coach Wow. And so it sort of was an all around, like a well-rounded um, approach to someone coming in and saying like, hey, listen, I'm new on the dating scene. I just want to make a really good impression or I'm being passed over for a promotion over and over and over again. What is it? I don't understand. I'm qualified. But like, what is the thing that's like holding people back? This is so, so cool. It was really cool. Yeah. And it, it, um, it was really interesting. There was like a whole psychology to it and yeah. a whole, um, you know, just understanding people's insecurities and, you know, the things that they are proud of. And, and so just trying to like bring that out, like, unfortunately, you know, we as humans make first impressions and make judgments on people. And so it was really nice to be able to help like take what's on the inside and and make it come through on the outside too. Yeah. To just make it a little bit of a a quick a quicker, you know, uh destination to like understand who somebody is. I want this to be my next profession. Yeah, it was really cool. I love that it's not focused only on career and that mm-hmm. it's for like any moment in your life where you like are ready for this feedback and to like sort of up level your whole self Mm -hmm. is so cool. Yeah, it was amazing. And, um, so I did that for a while in Chicago and I eventually moved out to LA, um, wanting a change of pace, wanting just kind of different scenery. Um, my best friend had moved out to LA and, um, so I followed her about a year later and I transitioned with this company out here. And it was interesting because in the LA market, it was much more about like, just what are you wearing? And it wasn't so much about 
who are you inside? Mm -hmm. You know, it was more like, I just want to look good on the outside. I don't really care about what I'm communicating. And so (laughs) quickly I was like, "Mm, maybe this isn't really working for me anymore. Um, So I kind of floated around a little bit. I ended up working at a restaurant for a while just to kind of figure out like, what's the next step? What am I doing? And I met a gal who was a, like a wedding planner and had a company that she also was like kind of starting up in LA. She had moved also recently from the Pacific Northwest. And um, so we kind of started talking and she had like wedding planning and coordination experience and I had more of a creative background. And so we were like, maybe we could sort of like do something together. So we just started like very casually um, planning weddings for people. That was back in 2010. Um, we ended up starting a business and it kind of took off and, um, we worked together as wedding planners for about six years with our own company. Um, eventually we kind of, um, went our separate ways and I carried on and she carried on separately. Um, so that's where RMBO collective, my event design and production company was born and, um, did that for another six, seven years as a wedding planner, Primarily, um, we also did, you know, kind of fun events. We've worked with you um, yeah. on your launch party and anniversary party and all kinds of fun things. So um, many parties. My 40th scale, birthday party. Your 40th birthday party. <laughs> I know. We've done a lot of parties yeah. and fun things together. Um, and, you know, at some point, so I did a lot of like high-end weddings, like high-pressure situations. If any of us have been married before, we know that, you know, there's a lot of pressure on us as the couple getting married. And then, you know, we want it to be perfect. We want it to be, you know, everything that we all have always dreamed of. And um, the pressure on myself to make that happen for people was something that I took very seriously, but also it was incredibly draining and incredibly just um, stressful And so it was about in 2019 that unfortunately my husband's family, um, his sister was having a lot of health issues. And so she was sort of um, coming to the end of her life, unfortunately. And at the same time, I was um, in the midst of all of this like crazy wedding planning and it was like really serious, um, you clients and needs doing and... events like overseas too. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Like it was intense yeah. amounts of planning, not just like a casual, we're getting married in the park next Saturday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it was just a very intense time where, you know, we were kind of dealing with this family grief and, and pain. And then also, clients and, and, and needs where, you know, it was coming at me like, we need this, the napkins aren't right. And it just put a lot of things into perspective for me. Like, I don't know if I'm happy doing this anymore. Like I'm just thinking about life in general and family and health. And I just don't know that like, I want to continue on this path because it's not really bringing me so much joy anymore. The, you know, the big intense, like crazy events and things that I was doing. So it was sort of at that time that I started thinking like, I, I'm ready to like transition out of this. I don't know what, what that means. I don't know what that's going to, but I know that I'm ready for a change. And so, you know, still had lots of wedding clients, you know, we're planning weddings Mm -hmm. years in advance sometimes. So still working with all my clients, but kind of thinking and, you know, thinking about where the next step will take me. And of course the pandemic happened and then uh, we had a lot of time to sit and think about like, Mm -hmm. what is the next phase of our lives going to be? And um, interiors popped into my mind. It's something that, you know, I always have loved to design my own home. I've helped a lot of friends with their homes and family and all of that. And I thought, you know, interior design really takes the best part of like what I love about planning events. It's like the production and the experience that you're creating for someone, but it's making it happen for someone within their home or within their work. And it's sort of a, an experience that not only that doesn't just, you know, we set up and in five hours we have to take it all down, but it's something that endures for much longer. And I, I really loved the idea of like creating these beautiful environments for people that they can enjoy longer than just one day and, you know, build their family and build their home and, and make it feel like a lovely everyday experience for them. So 
that's when interiors kind of came onto my radar and you were so supportive of me um, and, and other friends of mine just like helping get me going and referring me to um, clients and, um, you know, and you hired me yourself to, to work on um, various projects. And so that's kind of how it all came about. And so now um, I'm still doing events a little bit here and there, um, just on a very small scale, but I've really ramped up in the interiors department and uh yeah so the last few years i've been going um you know going strong there so it's been really wonderful it's been a really nice transition and i think it's something that just fits with my lifestyle a little bit better now yeah. and i can see it taking me you know many many years in in the future yeah it definitely feels like a more balanced way of having like your life and your work not only that like collaboration between the two of them or the synergy between the two of them, I guess is a better word. But even though I was an angel of a bride <laughs> towards my <laughs> wedding planner, let's be clear, other people I had issues with. Mm -hmm. uh, but I am not one of those people. Like, I don't feel like I'm one of those people that would mm -hmm. be like, oh my God, everything's a disaster. Yeah. It's like we got married in a state park and we really just needed like twinkly lights and flowers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I wish I would have known you when we were getting married because then it would have been like, you just have always had such a ability to know exactly what lives inside my head. Mm. And then it just like appears on a mood board and I'm like, <laughs> yes to all the things. Yeah. Let's go in that direction. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like we really could have kicked it up a notch. Um, nobody quite understood my directive of like, you can't have too many flowers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I am... Very supportive. So of even that. like walking down the aisle, I was like, it's not enough flowers. Yeah. What's happening? <laughs> yeah. The aisle walking down the <laughs> trail, I guess, mm -hmm. in Pacific Palisades. Yeah. Uh, but I love this direction for you. And I love the way you first described it to me that made so much sense was the instead of setting up an event that gets torn down over and over again, you basically get to set up a mood or a scene that stays as long as people want it to stay. Mm -hmm. And that's so cool because what you do with design, I think, you know, I've never worked with another designer, uh, which is also just a credit to you, <laughs> <laughs> but like when you set up our dining table, for example, it wasn't just like, here's a table and some chairs. It was also like a whole, I could see the whole dinner party, you know, mm -hmm. there was flowers, there was candles, there was artwork, there was, you know, the chandelier on the dimmer and then like setting the actual stage with placemats and napkins and all the things. Uh, and it just makes it, it's, it's all of the details that make a house feel like a home. Yeah. And then I was like, would it be ridiculous if I just left it like this all the time? <laughs> no, I want all. this vibe to live here always. Yeah. Like I want this dinner party to be happening every night. Yeah. You're just like <laughs> stepping into the pages of a magazine. Like, yes. here. like this is, this is my life. This is what it looks like all the time. Well, yeah. And it's, you know, it, I attribute, I attribute just like, Attention to detail is so, so important in what I do as a creative and as a designer and trying to communicate that to my clients and then, you know, pulling out of you, you know, what is important to you. And you might not have told me like, oh, I love wicker placemats, but you've told me like, I love natural materials mm -hmm. and I love, you know, just like a, an effortless feel. And so again, going back to the psychology of, you know, past yeah. jobs that I've had, it's like, okay, what does that mean? And how does that translate to a tactile, you know, setting? And then it's just like filling the space with all these beautiful, well-considered details, um, that people might not like look at a specific thing and say like, Oh, I absolutely love that shade of Brown for that napkin. Yeah. <laughs> but they just sort of walk into the space and they feel like, this works. I don't know what I'm loving in particular, but I just know that it feels yeah. good. And, you know, I, I, I credit my event experience to that because it's like, yeah, maybe they don't know that on the table is a ranunculus flower, but they just like love it and they love that. And they love the feeling that they have when they approach or walk into a room or walk into a space and they just feel like, comfortable or taken care of or special or at ease or whatever it might be. Yeah. And um, I mean, I know I can only speak from my experience, but there are so many barriers 
when it comes to designing, I think your dream space. Mm-hmm. And this is why I never understood why it takes so long to design a house. I'm like, what's the big deal? Just like go to Ikea, you buy a bunch of shit and like <laughs> stick it in your house. Not, I mean, I take a design very seriously, but like, I also am like, if I was doing it, I bet I could just do it faster. Yeah. Not talking about you, but like working yeah. with past clients where well, they're like, oh, my designer said the dining room yeah. won't be done for like three years. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's a dining room. And now that I see it from my lens as a customer and working with you, like you're ready to go and I'm the barrier because I'm like, wait, we overspent on renovation construction materials. So now I can't finish furnishing the living room, but like maybe there's a smaller space where we could add, you know, a new bath mat in the powder room <laughs> like, yeah, and, and it goes like that. And then yeah. also it's like, here's a beautiful couch. I want that. And then it's like, oh no, that's out of our budget. Or it's not the right material because we have kids and a dog or it's on back order for 18 months. And I don't mm-hmm. want to wait. Like there's so many challenges that mm-hmm. come up. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully they're less stressful than the challenges of like <laughs> intense wedding planning. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they are. Yeah. Um, but it's I, I, the, those are realities of yeah. of life, right? Like we have a budget and then the budget goes overboard for whatever reason, you know, like expenses come up that we didn't, you know, plan for like or your balcony falling off the side of your house. Exactly. Like <laughs> who would have thought that could have happened? But there we go. So, you know, just having a, a flexibility like I, you know, I have a vision for things and I, I want that vision to happen for any of my clients who also have their own vision of what they want. But, you know, having done this for a while and again, just all of the other career lives I've lived, it's like, it doesn't just happen like A, B, C, D, E, F, G, just how we plan for it. I think we, how I plan is that I know that along the way, something's going to come up. So just roll with it. It's going to be fine. Yeah. Like, no, you, this isn't a life or death situation here. And let's just have a little fun and we'll get to, you know, we'll get to the finish line when we get to it. And I think in that waiting, if you can be patient, not my strong suit, uh, so many beautiful things pop up in the meantime, or like you veer in a different direction. Um, I love the moments where like you will just be out doing something else and then send me a photo of like, I found this piece of art at a vintage mart. <laughs> I'm like, yes, yeah. that's like way better than what we were thinking about, or it's perfect for this space. And it yeah. kind of takes things in another direction. And those, those moments I think are what make a home feel lived in and personal, mm-hmm. like how, and I try to encourage our clients to do this too, when they are getting antsy and they just want something done. Mm-hmm. It's like, you can do that. Like you could just open a crate and barrel catalog and order, you know, page 17 and page 21, yeah. but there's not a lot of personality in that. So unless you're going to take the time to incorporate all of those pieces that are like more meaningful to you, yeah, uh, it could be a beautiful house, but feel very sterile. And I think that's the difference between the results I'm seeing working with you where everything feels so warm and cozy and approachable. It's just, it's so nice. We recently did obviously our photo shoot with Mm -hmm. Krista Mason, who's done all of my brand photography over the last couple of years. And looking at the photos, I was like, whose house is this? I know. I was so happy with the photos. I was like, oh my God. I like have the that. photo up so and then look at the same space, like <laughs> with my eyeballs in real time. And I was like, this is not the space, is it? It's yeah. like, it can't be. Does it look this beautiful? Yeah, no. I think it's because it's been like, I guess this November will be two years that we bought this house. Yeah, well, and it's the, the longest the I've ever waited for anything. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and you've you've lived through each step of the process. So sometimes you know you're you're so close to it that you don't always you know fully see the like the progress that's yeah. happened along the way. Or then you get to the finish line and it's like, oh my gosh, it's complete now. It's amazing. Well, it's, that's Chad tells people yeah. that the renovation is complete, and I'm always I just laugh. I'm like, <laughs> it's not even close. Yeah. And he's like, what do you mean? What do we still have to do? Yeah. And I'm like, I guess it really is like almost complete, you know, with yeah. some furniture stuff that needs to be finalized. But um yeah, in my mind I'm still <laughs> 
in the middle yeah. of it. In the construction <laughs> zone. Yeah. No, but we're getting there. We're almost it looks we're, good. We're getting close. Stay we're getting tuned. Close. We'll be posting. I think this week I start posting little sneak peeks of oh, some fun. of those beautiful photos. And Amazing. you can see Robin's design and styling at work. Yeah. And Krista's beautiful photos. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, and I think it's, it's so fun to have, like, just going back to your point about, like, you know, like finding a vintage piece here or there. It's, you know, we have the structure and the framework and, you know, certain key pieces that we want to incorporate. But then I always like to leave a flexibility and an openness to something that, you know, and sometimes I say this in my designs and some clients like are, are on board with it a little more than others. It's like, I want something here. I don't know exactly what it is yeah, yet. Like I just know wait. it when I see it and I will let you know as soon as I find it, but like it doesn't like we we can't find it in a catalog right yeah now. we can't find you know like I need to go and hunt for it and find it yeah and um yeah I think that's where the character of a home or you know the personality of the, the people who live in the home really kind of comes out and makes it feel like it's just for you it's not you know you couldn't put another family in this home and have it make yeah. as much sense as it does for you all living here and that was um yeah, I think all of the design choices came through really beautifully. Like I wanted it to be not super modern. I wanted it to feel warm and almost more traditional. Uh, but those like Mediterranean pieces of things. And it's hard because, you know, I can't like the cost of, you know, adding archways and doing all of this would have not made sense for this home in particular. Uh, but... I feel like we were able to incorporate so much of that with mm -hmm. like artwork and little details. My favorite moments, it's like the most luxurious feeling when you walk in and you have like bags of things that you've found here and there. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like getting to see them all. I'm like, it's like a curated store only for my taste. Yeah. <laughs> of like yes. Only beautiful objects that I would love. <laughs> yeah, we, we eliminate all the stuff that you're not yeah. going to like. And it's just like a bunch and of things. And it's like, oh, but... I can just look at this. And then I have a hard time saying, and I'm like, just all of it. We all need it. all of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you have a lot of space to We have to a cover, lot of space. So, and historically, yeah. I have not been a shopper. I don't tend to go out and acquire things unless I really love them. Um, and some of the stuff that we have acquired over the last couple of years was like very specific to where we were living at that mm -hmm. time. Yeah. Yeah. Your last and home so was it doesn't very different. Yeah. The last house was mm -hmm. lots of like blues, grays, whites, and it was a mid-century modern home. This house is much more like Mediterranean Spanish style architecture and layout. Uh, and it's two story. Like the, everything about it is different. It's mm -hmm. funny. There's still so many similarities, like the sloping backyard mm -hmm. and the sunken living room yeah. with the raised dining room. Yeah. You love a sunken, um, we love, love a sunken, sunken living, living room. room. <laughs> I even tried to put a breakfast nook into this house. Yeah. It was like, I mean, everywhere we go, we're going to have a pool table, yep. <laughs> a breakfast nook. Mm -hmm. Well, and then we know for the next house, like the next house is going to be like a studio apartment somewhere. <laughs> I want to be able to see everything all in one space. Yes. No, I, so I'm obsessed with real estate, obviously. Um, and Chad and I took a trip last April, I think for our anniversary, we went to the Hudson Valley, upstate New York. And I was just daydreaming about like a new life, you know, mm -hmm. just all of it. As what would it do. look like to live on the East coast? I've never done that. Yeah. What would it look like to have four seasons? Um, and it was also like last year, Last, I feel like it was a year, but I think in reality, maybe I was like generally grumpy for like two years. <laughs> <laughs> I blame this house. Uh, but that was part of why I wanted to go. I had started reading a part of, that's not true. I didn't read it. I listened to a podcast with Julia Cameron, the author of The Artist's Way. Mm -hmm. And I loved what she had to say about reinvigorating your creativity. Mm. And I was like, I need something completely new. Like, it's not going to suit me. I can't just like take a trip to the beach and feel something like shake me to my core. So it was like, Chad, we're going to New York, we had somehow a free stay at the plaza. Amazing. <laughs> I was like, yes, obviously yes, we're going to do that. I'll say yes to that. And so we stayed there for our actual anniversary. 
And what a wonderful place if anybody ever has the opportunity to stay there. It was like, I'm so picky about customer service and how you're treated in places, regardless of what you're spending Mm -hmm. um, or your perceived status in the world. And they were extraordinary. Like, I just don't even know how everybody everywhere seemed to know who we were and like greeted us by name. Hospitality. Um, It was wonderful. My love language. Wonderful. Hospitalities. And the room was like so over the top. Everything was just like gilded in gold leaf, you know, (laughs) it's like it's child's nightmare. (laughs) But so fun. And then we went to see a show on Broadway and like did the whole thing. It was just, we've been to New York many times, but we would always stay in the Lower East Side Mm -hmm. and we'd be working or we'd be staying with friends and family. And so this was like so drastically different. Yeah. And just had like so many glasses of champagne at their little (laughs) champagne bar and like invited our friend Ginta to come join us. It was just so much fun. Um, and then we rented a car and we drove out and, you know, all the way up on the east side of the river up until we got to Hudson and stopped in every town along the way and then drove down on the west side, um, starting from Kingston and coming back down. And it was so lovely. That's amazing. And it's like, I can picture an entirely new life, all of it. Yeah. And I don't need that, but like, I just needed to see something different. Yeah. Anyway, this all started because I was on Trulia again the other day (laughs) and I found another town that we haven't seen in the Hudson Valley. I'm not telling anyone what it is because it seems like it's a kept secret now. Yeah. Gatekeep Uh, that. But I opened the link and saw like one photo of a house that's so not anything we've ever lived in. It's like a very classic Americana, like wraparound porch oh. with a porch swing oh. and like rolling green that just sort of ends at this lake. So and cool. the inside is all the original, like they have a boathouse that's original from the 1800s, oh like just so, and also wildly more affordable than anything you would sure. buy here. And it was on yeah. like five acres of land. Oh and God. I was like, Chad, just so you know, we're moving. Yeah. <laughs> We're just going to swap this house out for that one because yeah. that's my new dream. Uh, yeah. I mean, same. Like, basically, so pretty. send me the link because I yeah. want to know where that is, too. But, yeah, I mean, I have dreams about that, too. Like, I think about, okay, what is the next chapter? And, honestly, for me, like, as soon as my husband is, like, ready to leave L.A., I'm I'm there. Anywhere like, else. I, I fantasize about like living on a farm these days. Like mm. I want animals surrounding me. I want like a farmhouse and a yep. wraparound porch. Very and into goats. More simple <laughs> life, you know, and like travel for work as needed. But, you know, just like simplifying a little bit and like um, slowing down a little bit and being out of the hustle and bustle a little bit, I think is that's what's calling me too. So it's interesting yeah. that we both are kind of feeling a little bit of that. Like, Well, and I blame the pandemic different... for this because I sure. think... For me, I know it was because I've worked my whole life and I don't very often have those moments of feeling life be slow. Mm-hmm. Um, even if we're doing something that should be like going to the cabin, it always feels like work for me mm-hmm. or something that's too fast paced. Yeah. Um, and so when we had that, I didn't, I couldn't work at all for many months, um, just by the nature of what we do. Mm-hmm. And so without guilt and without really any concern, Chad's business was thriving. So financially we were okay and mm-hmm. everyone was healthy. Uh, I got to just experience what it's like to not do anything. Yeah. I would just like read a book yeah, or like find a recipe and then actually make it. <laughs> It's like, this never happens and it's amazing. Mm -hmm. And so I think that unsettled me like on a deep core level where Mm -hmm. I was like, this needs to be incorporated somehow. 100%. I feel the same way. Like the pandemic was terrible and, you know, I don't wish it on anybody and don't want to ever go back there. But for me, I kind of thrived in a sense of just like turning it all off and like, figuring at like just kind of being with myself and allowing myself to quiet down too. And the, I think for me, cause I'm like really competitive. So I think for me, I wouldn't like, know what that's like the <laughs> fact that everybody had to slow down, like nobody could do anything. Mm-hmm. So like you can't do anything and you can't do anything and I can't do anything. And that kind of made me feel a little bit better. Like yeah. we all just have to stay put for a minute 
you know, and um, it gave a lot of time to just kind of, yeah, reevaluate things and, you know, kind of like what I was saying before the pandemic happened and, you know, our family health situations and stuff, it just, again, it like kind of solidified everything a little bit more and a little bit more. And now even coming out of the pandemic, you know, it's like we kind of get back into the rhythm of things, right? Yeah. And before we know it, we're just like, you know, it's just like a rat race again. But like in the last six months or so, I would say I'm really like taking a step back work-wise and really thinking about like health and wellness and, you know, just like taking care of myself, taking care, you know, making sure my husband is taken care of, thinking about our family and, uh, yeah, it just changes a lot. It's like, we don't have to be hustling and bustling in the city anymore. I don't think like, it just feels like competitive and it feels like, I don't know. It just feels like I, I, I'm not interested in doing that anymore. Like, I think we can just like be a little bit more quiet and simplified. And that just sounds amazing. (laughs) Would you say simplicity or that is like, is that your sort of biggest focus for right now? Like this is the standard podcast question is like, what if there is a word or a value or a feeling that you're very focused on right now Mm -hmm. in your life? I don't know if I'd say simplicity, but I would say like wellness. So for me, it's been all about career, 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 career for like my whole life. Right. And especially, you know, as you know, owning a business, it's like, it's not a nine to five. You are always going, 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 going and keeping things afloat. And, um, you know, like the last six months or so, like I just longer than six months, I I've been feeling just like not great in my body and just feeling like feeling my age. Like I'm Mm. in my my mid forties, I should still be thriving, but I just feel like, man, when I get out of bed in the morning, things are creaking and aching and just not feeling great. And, um, it's an event now to start the day. Oh, it It requires like stretching and (laughs) moving your body. A lot of easing into the day for me. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I just sort of like decided like, you know what? I don't want to be getting out of bed like this for the next, however many years I'm lucky to be here. Like, no, I can't like, no, this is not for me. So I've just sort of been like shifting, not away from career, but like putting less emphasis on it and just really focusing more on how am I feeling? How am I doing on a day-to-day basis? You know, my husband is, has a high pressure situation and he's very like stressed and anxious all the time. So like, I'm just like, I've just sort of put my foot down. I'm sort of taking charge of like, no. Like we want to be here for a lot longer. We need to focus on our health and our wellness and feeling better on a day-to-day basis. And maybe that means we don't get that next client, but maybe that means, you know, we've maintained a bit of sanity for, you know, the next six months or whatever it is. So wellness, I would say is my word. Like that's something that's really Mm. been at the forefront, forefront for me. And, um, it's been amazing to see like the mind shift that I've had and just feeling better about myself. Like I'm exercising every day now. And I got this, my husband gave me this watch, this Apple Apple watch, watch, which I really don't like wearing, but I love that I can track everything. Mm -hmm. And again, going back to my competitiveness, (laughs) I'm like, Ooh, I got to close those rings every day. And so it's, you know, it's not for me about like, Oh, I need to lose like 50 pounds or something. It's just more about like, I have the gift of mobility. I have the gift of health. Um, again, going back to my sister-in-law who didn't get that gift. Um, I'm grateful every day to be able to move and exercise and walk and, you know, just move my body. So why in the hell would I not spend some time doing that for myself? It's such a good question. And somehow I think this is a very popular path for people to go down where we get busy. And so we prioritize more things that add to our busyness, Mm -hmm. like work and chores and tasks. And we let fall to the wayside, all the things that would probably help us a lot more, like focusing on sleep or 
brushing your teeth before you go to bed yeah. or <laughs> going yeah. for a walk every day. Absolutely. Uh, but the way you phrase that is so beautiful. It is a gift to be able to be mobile mm -hmm. and it's a gift to be healthy and it's a gift to be able to exercise. Mm -hmm. But even so, like I did not get up and go for a walk this morning mm -hmm. and I could yeah. have, I have the time, but I was like, no, I need to do this, this, and this to prepare and start laundry. And yeah. And every day is not perfect, and we have yeah. to give ourselves a little bit of leeway to sort of be like, okay, well, I didn't, I didn't meet that mark today, but tomorrow's a new day, and I think you know, it's not a, it's not a, a race, it's not a competition. There is no winner. It's just, mm -hmm. you know, just doing something nice for yourself, and that can mean more than exercising too. It can be like a meditation, or it can mean just doing something that you find joy in. You know, like. I don't know, going to a movie. Like I love going to the movies and I yeah. didn't do that during the pandemic. And I went to the movies again fairly recently. And I was like, I went to see the Barbie movie. I think that's I my first one back. Loved it. But I was like, this brings me so much joy. Like I love this. Yeah. And it's just such a simple thing. So even, you know, just little things like that, I think are just important to sometimes make sure that you're finding space in your life for those things. In addition to the hustle and bustle of work and family and mm -hmm. the obligations of life, but like finding the time for like the things that actually make you feel good too. And that's such an interesting way of phrasing it, finding the time because we make time mm -hmm. for everything else. Mm -hmm. And then we're left over to try and like find it or squeeze it in when yeah. it comes to taking care of our own bodies and our own minds. And that I think is a symptom of our culture. You know, mm -hmm. we don't live in a society where I well, I'll rephrase that. We live in a society where work and competition and success are prized mm -hmm. and it's probably not the healthiest way of organizing your life. Chad and I just came back from our annual retreat with the monks at St. Andrew's Abbey in Villermo. We've been there Chad and I have been there every year, I think since 2013, pandemic withstanding. Wow. Um, and I personally since 2010 for me. So I will start this by saying I'm not Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> I went to a Jesuit university and one of their classes in the master's program was a stay at this monastery to learn about leadership and community. Uh, what better example for community than a group of people who live every second of their lives together, yeah. like literally in the same house and workplace. Mm -hmm. um, and how do you lead a group in a way that feels aligned with the universe or God, however you want to view that for them, it's God, obviously, if you don't follow that path, then whatever it is that you think guides you being in line with that. And also how do you lead people who like, they all have their own individual ideas and aspirations too, mm -hmm. but they have to come together for the betterment of a community, which is their job, you know? Mm -hmm. So for me, I was learning about how to run a large organization and, you know, within that context, you don't always love necessarily every single person that you work with, sure. but you still have to be a good leader. So this was yeah. the point of the class. We've gone back every year as an alumni retreat and it's wonderful. Like all of my favorite things in life where you just have the same group of people uh, for the most part. And sometimes there's new people come and go or become integrated into the group. But from the moment everybody arrives, it's like you just get so deep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so amazing. it's not even like, how was the drive in? Yeah. Oh, the traffic's crazy. Yeah. It's like, what did you think of chapter seven of this book? Like it really <laughs> just struck a chord with me when I read this sentence, like you just get right to it yeah. and it's lovely. And so we expanded the amount of time this time. It went from two nights to four or five nights, which was also wonderful. So this time we read this book, um, which is actually an older nun. Her name is Joan Chittister and the book was called The Monastic Heart. And she takes the principles of Benedictine monastic life, which are, you know, probably not everyone thinks I'm going to live my life like a monk. Mm -hmm. But when you look at their rituals and their rules that they follow as they're like sort of written out in this book, and she does it so simply and so 
It's like anyone could read it and take something very valuable away from it. I think I couldn't stop. I had to stop highlighting because I was like, I'm highlighting the whole (laughs) book. Let's just like, we'll keep it on the coffee table as like a constant reference. And each chapter is like two pages. So it's a very simple read, but there's a whole chapter on, I don't remember the name of it or it's a Latin name, but it's sort of about the schedule of a monastic day Mm -hmm. because it's very structured Mm -hmm. and there's no getting out of it. Okay. So everyone will be doing the same thing at the same time, Mm -hmm. right? So like the bell rings and everyone goes to chant in the chapel and then the bell rings again and like everyone goes to work or to lunch or to whatever they're doing. But the moment that bell rings, you're done. And so we had a moment where there's someone reads to you during a meal. This mm-hmm. is like one of their jobs is to read to you, which also is lovely. Amazing. Everyone should have this I experience. I want that. Uh, and the bell rang and he stopped mid-sentence and closed the book. Oh, wow. And all of us were like, oh, how dare you? We have to get to the end. Wow. And then you just see the look on their faces as like, they don't feel bad about it. Like that part of their day is now over and now they're moving on to something else. But the beauty of this schedule and this like fierce protection of their boundaries is how I look at it Mm -hmm. is that they do have time for everything that they need to do in a day. Yeah. They have time for the amount of prayer that they want or meditation. They have time for exercise. They have time for work. They have time for, you know, being together in community Mm -hmm. and it's structured into every single day. But when that bell rings, you're done. Yeah. And it was like, who do I know that like comes home from work and then they're done? Yeah. Like we don't have a bell Mm -mm. on the contrary. It's like, I'm sitting and like watching TV and like, it's like an impulse to see if a new email has come in and like, why am I going to reply to it at 11 at night? Why do I have this obsession with like seeing what's coming in? Yeah. So Chad and I talked about it It as one of the many takeaways from this most recent time. And I was like, we need a bell. And he's like, yeah, it's a metaphorical bell. It's a candle. Okay. (laughs) I was like, we're not really going to ring a bell. Um, But he even said like he often leaves his office and he's not really ready to reintegrate into our family. Mm -hmm. He's still dealing with something from the work day and he needs like a time out or before he can come out and say, I am officially done with my work day. And from this moment on, it's time for us together or time for us with the kids or it's time to cook dinner, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so from the moment we came back, we've been doing that. And we look at each other and I say like, I'm ready to light the candle. And he'll be like, yes, I'm ready too. Or I need five more minutes. And then I leave my phone in the kitchen. I don't look at it again. Um, and we sit together, play cards, take the dogs for a walk, like do anything that's not work related. And it's beautiful. Lovely. Yeah. That's so incredible. Well, and like that story, when you said boundaries, they fiercely protect their boundaries. I think that's such a big part of it. And you're now creating boundaries around, you know, your family life and your home life of like turning off of work, turning off of work and, and then integrating into the family and even having that transition period, Mm -hmm. right. Where you go from work to like, okay, I need to get like transitioned over and then into family mode, like. That's such a beautiful way of like creating boundaries that everybody involved in the family can support. And because everybody is being able to have those same boundaries in their own ways. Yeah. And yeah. And, and sort of just prioritizing and saying like, this is important enough to me that I need to create a space, a safe space around it and create a boundary so that I'm not answering work emails like at nine at night or whatever it might be like well and it becomes unfair to yourself one Mm -hmm. your brain does not need to think about work constantly and if you do live with other people in your household it's not fair to that relationship either to not have a shut off time yeah um so we'll see how long this ritual lasts yeah Hopefully forever. Yeah, it's such a great idea. And there's so many other good little... I was like, I do really need to set up my life like a monk because all of their rituals are so beautiful. There's a whole chapter on incense. There's a chapter actually on bells, (laughs) the importance of them. I mean, it's just a game changer. Well, it's so interesting to think... Like, I think about like 
when I'm doing my best is when I do have a structure in my life and I'm like, okay, I get up, I put my workout clothes on right away. I take the dogs out. I do my thing and blah, blah, blah. And when I'm not thriving is when I'm just like, oh, the, mm-hmm. the schedule, the structure went out the window and I'm just like holding on for dear life. And like, yeah. what is life going to be like today? I'm like a roller coaster. I'm just like white knuckling it, you know? And so like having a, you know, maybe it doesn't have to be like a monastic, like mm-hmm. minute by minute bell structure, but, um, but some form of structure, I think like creates peace at least for me yeah and um i feel like that's kind of an interesting way of like moving through life when we have the structure we can create a little bit more of the boundaries because it's not like Mm -hmm. everything's just like happening all at once and like i can't keep up with it all yeah no this is one of my favorite topics this whole concept of structure creating freedom in your life um, I know we've talked about it with Anton, who was on the first guest, I think, on this podcast, and I did a mini episode on it as well, uh, because that's so much of why organization matters to me. You know, 100%. like I do not thrive mentally, uh, not like productivity wise and not mental health wise, if I don't have structure and systems in place. Mm-hmm. I get thrown so far out of whack that it's like unreasonable. Yeah. And so there's a reason, you know, there's a reason I was drawn to organization as a profession and helping other people to experience that because it really does give you back so much valuable time and mental space, Mm -hmm. but also within the structure of a day or a year, you know, all of that allows you like, that's is why we have the concept of like working and then also not working Mm -hmm. time, right? Mm -hmm. Like you, if you have that structured in, and you know you're going to get all of your tasks done by a certain date, then you have the freedom to be like, I'm on sabbatical or I'm taking a vacation. Yeah, yeah. it is amazing the time that we can find mm-hmm. for ourselves yeah. when we like kind of have a little bit of plan, a plan in our life, you know, because we always say like, oh, I don't have time for that. I, I couldn't possibly. I don't yeah. have that time. But you probably do. Yeah, you probably do. You just need to like plan it out a little bit better. Yeah. I had a lot more time when I didn't have a TV and I didn't have a cell phone. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) So much time. Yeah. It's like, Oh, Oh, I accidentally scrolled on Instagram for two hours. I could have been doing something else in that time. Yep. Or Netflix. I mean, Mm -hmm. that TV goes on at nighttime and it's like, (laughs) I could have run a marathon in this amount of time. (laughs) I know. Yeah. Think of all the things we could be doing and creating, but we need that downtime too. You know? Yeah. It's a balance. It's like, Sometimes vegging out is just like what needs to happen, but yeah, balance. The other, um, the other interesting takeaway I had from that retreat was the concept of leisure not being the same thing as play. Mm. And I had to read it twice. I was like, I'm not quite sure I'm following. And it was like, both things are necessary, but leisure is an activity that you walk away from feeling calm or grounded or more reflective or wise. Mm -hmm. Play is something that is just play. And the different, like the examples that were talked about were like reading a book outside by a lake versus going to like a baseball game with your friends. Mm -hmm. And just hearing that example, I was like, oh, we have only scheduled playtime in our lives. And that is when I start to feel like completely overwhelmed, even though we have so much downtime, mm-hmm. none of it was restorative. Mm-hmm. And um, Chad and I are never allowed to be in the same breakout groups. <laughs> so <laughs> we'd come back together after discussing in our little mini groups. And he was like, yeah, I think that's what he's been feeling with. Like even like vacations and travel. He's like, I'm not coming back feeling rested. It just feels like we're just on the go constantly. Mm -hmm. And so that's another thing that we both want to be super mindful of is, you know, and I told that like the example of us going to the cabin, he loves it and feels restored coming back Mm -hmm. from there. I feel the opposite. Mm. And like, I feel like it was work the whole time, Okay, but because we're not incorporating what I thought would be happening there, like just sitting by the lake, you know, it'll be like friends on the boat drinking white claws. You know, it's Mm -hmm. not the same vibe. Yeah, It's fun. But for me, 
I need it to be balanced with like just sitting on the deck and maybe like drawing the trees Mm -hmm. or watching squirrels go by or reading a book or just doing nothing. Yeah. And so just having that awareness of like, wow, we have so much playtime scheduled and maybe a part of that needs to be actual leisure time, even on vacation. Yeah. We're not going to do anything today or like, we'll just find a park and get a bottle of wine and take a nap in the sunshine. Like Mm -hmm. we don't need to see every museum and every thing ever built. (laughs) Totally. Yeah, no, it's so true. It's like, it's like, you know, you need a vacation from the vacation after you get back. You're like, that was not, it's not relaxing at all. Like it was great, but it wasn't relaxing, you know? Um, but yeah, I love that idea of like leisure incorporated Mm -hmm. into life because yeah, that, that part of it is important. The quietness and the you know, the stillness that you can like literally recharge. Yeah. Yeah. Activities are exhausting. I'm thinking about, I took a trip to Paris with my husband and, you know, of course, like it was his first time going. So I was like, oh, we're going to go see this and we're going to see this. And like, I have this whole itinerary and everything, but like, honestly, the best moments were just like walking the streets and just like window shopping and we went to one of the beautiful gardens, like we had gotten like little baguettes and we sat by a little pond and like had lunch there. Like it was just Dreamy. the most simple, but that was leisure. And that yeah. was just like probably one of my favorite memories of that whole trip. Yeah. And we saw so many gorgeous, amazing things, but like that little moment just, I think was probably the the cherry on top, you know, and it was the most leisurely, I guess mm-hmm. you'd say. Yeah, so there's really something to that. I love that. And now I want to go back to Paris. Oh my God, me too. <laughs> Except after they fix the bed bugs. Do what? you hear about the bed bug no. story? It's like the whole city is infested with bed bugs right now. <sighs> Disgusting. <laughs> so so gross. I can't even hear about bugs without like immediately starting to feel oh, itchy. I know. Yeah. So so wait a little a little yeah. while before you go. Definitely wait. Definitely go back. We did just book a trip to Ireland. Oh, nice. It's not until next spring we'll go for our anniversary. But if it happens, we will be going in April. This is the third time we've booked a trip to Ireland. Yeah, I was gonna say. And so far we've gone zero times. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Something just always gets in the way. Yeah, well, I just tell amazing. people that Ireland is rejecting us. <laughs> and they're like, why? What did you do? I'm like, it's undetermined. It's not we'll ready never for know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're not ready. They can't handle us. They can't handle you yet. Uh, but it feels like a place where you can have a lot of leisure. Like mm-hmm. I'm picturing just like bike rides through beautiful rolling green hills. Colic. <laughs> yeah, just a lot of like looking at sheep and, yeah. you know. That's what I want. Yeah. I mean, what could be better? Also, then an evening filled with like lively Irish music and dancing in a pub. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. They're definitely the full Irish experience. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. (laughs) So if anyone has Ireland recommendations, send them my way. (laughs) I went to Dublin once, but it was a million years ago and I, it was in my college years. So I was drunk the whole time so I couldn't really tell you much about it I think we will likely do like one night in Dublin Mm -hmm. and then rent a car and sort of drive in a big loop oh that would be nice yeah so gorgeous there yeah countryside how relaxing that will feel very leisurely I hope so yeah it definitely seems like a place where it's a lot easier to schedule in mm-hmm. leisure time. Yeah. <laughs> Seems that way. Especially with a car when you can just sort of like pull over wherever and yeah. like have a picnic or go for a walk and, yeah. and explore. And I love traveling that way where we just kind of go until we find something where we're like, this is interesting enough where we would want to spend the night. Mm. And sometimes we renew that, you know, for multiple nights mm-hmm. and other times we're like, okay, ready to move on. That's cool. Um, but we've found some of the most charming towns that way. That's so breezy. I wish it could be that yeah. breezy. I'm, you know, I'm too type A. Like it's worked it's really the wedding well planner so far. I'm like, we need a plan A, plan B, plan C, and plan D. Well, I just don't know in advance that I'm going to like what we've chosen. Yeah. You know? And so, especially if it's a place, I feel like with a city like Paris now, I would at least know like the neighborhood I want to mm-hmm. be in and I, I could probably make those decisions in advance, but 
with a place where neither one of us have ever been, it's yeah. like, I don't know, maybe we'll get there and we'll be like, Dublin is amazing and we're mm-hmm. going to stay here the whole time. I yeah. doubt it because we both love that leisure time and we really do want to explore. But what if you drive through, like everyone's like, I don't know, go to Kilkenny. And mm-hmm. then you get there and you're like, it's not for me. Yeah. And that happened to us in Portugal. Like everyone was talking about the Algarve region and mm-hmm. all the beaches. Oh my gosh, you have to go here. And then we did. And I was like, okay, well, you know that we live at the beach, right? right. So <laughs> this is another beach that has way too many people yeah. and way too many tourists. And it's definitely not the vibe that we were looking for. It was like, I want a beach where there's no inhabitants and I want it to look like a natural coastline that has not been touched by humans and development. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so we stopped at every town and (laughs) Chad was like, are you going to say yes to any of these? And I was like, probably not. I was like, just drive me to the water, take a look around. I was like, nope, on to the next. (laughs) Stop in the next town. I was like, too many people, too many tourists, too many like hot dog stands. This doesn't feel like Portugal. No offense. It's a beautiful region. I'm sure other people, I know other people enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Uh, We ended up staying in a place where we were the only guests. Mm. Uh, And it was such a special experience. And we ended up staying for like four or five nights. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna try that on my next trip. Yeah, I'll be like, we'll book the first night. We're booking one night. Yeah, we don't know what we'll do from there. Yeah, that'll be fun. It's the best. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna try that. And then book the night that you have to fly back. Yeah, 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 yeah. And everything else is just leave it up to your whims. Yeah, (laughs) that's scary, but also really exciting. It's so fun. I mean, what's the worst thing that can happen? Yeah, no, totally. Like Mm, one time I did stay in a place that had fleas in Pisa and it was right by a train station and it was disgusting. Yeah. And they only had one room and there was three of us. And so all three of us had to sleep in this like flea riddled bed. So all night we were just like slapping our legs and trying to like kill bugs. And I think at some point it was either me or Amber. It was like two in the morning. We like went out because people were still just so lively at this like mini mart next door to us. Uh, I also didn't care for the town of Pisa, if you can't tell. Yeah. Uh, we were just like, let's go buy all the bottles of Prosecco that they have remaining and we will just drink these until oh. the first train out tomorrow yeah. morning. That and that was partly my bad. I, we missed the last train out to the Cinque Terre. So oh. we had to stay overnight. And then this was the only place that had availability and that we could afford. Uh, so sometimes it does go haywire, but you know, yeah. we were like college kids on a budget. So yeah. if you have that's any the, flexibility, yeah, that's think, the time for it to go. You'll haywire. find something like, yeah. Like I don't think, you know, in our, time in our life now the flea infested hotel would have been I hope like, not to our to our liking but yeah when I would have rather yeah just drank espressos and stayed outside yeah. the whole night yeah <laughs> and I, I was not 21 yeah. I think I was in my oh, 30s yeah. oh, which okay. is worse <laughs> <laughs> this was grad school well, travel <laughs> before you you know yeah we passed through Pisa and uh I don't probably need to go back there either I think if you time it, yeah, you hop off the bus or the train, you jet out to see the leaning tower, Mm -hmm. you take your obligatory photo, and then you get on the very next train or bus or any mode of transportation right on out of there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't even know if we saw the tower, honestly. It was just like a transfer kind of thing, I think, and we were... It was Off cool. and on our way again, but yeah. But it also just feels like one of those things that you're like, I don't have like an emotional attachment to the Leaning Tower of Pisa, no. you know? Yeah, so it could it's be like, fun. I've never seen it in my life. Yeah, it's, it's more just like when people post those Facebook things that are like, how many of these things have you seen? I'm like, seen it, seen it, yeah. seen it, <laughs> don't care. <laughs> That's really the only benefit of having been there. Yeah, just crossing it off the list. Yep, I don't even know where that photo is now, so... Yeah. Obviously, wasn't that special. There you go. The Cinque Terre, on the other hand, mm. stunning. Good times. Good times. Yeah. Amazing food. Oh, the coastline, the people. Mm-hmm. I wish we would have stayed longer there. Yeah. But Very fun. Another trip. Yeah. Maybe we'll live in Italy one day. Yeah. It's so amazing. You can just, you know, be anywhere in the world in a few hours if you really want yeah. to. We do live in a very cool time. Mm-hmm. 
Thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you. Oh, this was so, so fun. fun. I know. I feel like we could chat all day long. Yep. And we should. Yes. We should go to Malibu Wines one day. We'll yeah. Get a group I was going to say, next time wine. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. also, Linnell lives close to here now. Yeah. Jamie lives close to here. Mm-hmm. I feel like we could get a fun group. Yeah. And we head should. over. We should find the time. Or make, make the, the time. time. We should, should make the time. Carve out that time and then protect that boundary yes. fiercely. <laughs> yes. We'll have the bells. We'll have the candles. We'll have the whole Some thing. incense. Yes. All of it. Um, if people want to find you and see your beautiful designs, mm-hmm. I believe your Instagram is at Alasco Interiors. Yes. It, it will is. be in the show notes so you can see that and check out the website. Yep. AlascoInteriors.com. Yeah. Um, I did forget to mention one of... The things I've appreciated about working with you the most, well, so many things. One, it's been a huge time saver for me at a time where I didn't feel like I had the headspace to start figuring out how to design an entire house. Mm. And so having options be narrowed down from like everything you can find on the internet to only the curated things that are in line with your values and your style such an amazing experience. And I would recommend that anybody work with you to get that. But my other favorite thing that we've worked on for years now together was on helping me create like a more sustainable way of entertaining. Mm -hmm. And I think that is so fun. And, uh, and what I mean by that is when you host a large party at your house or your office or whatever, it's so easy to just buy throwaway stuff. And I didn't want that. And so every party that we have designed together, it's so cool because you know what I started with, you know, the layers that we added on, like when I hosted, um, I think in the same weekend we did a composed living anniversary party. Mm -hmm. And then the next night was Amber's 40th birthday. Right. And so buying those special things that would make both of those parties really elevated Mm -hmm. and things like linen napkins, like so that the guests have something, but it's not a throwaway. It's not harmful for the environment. Mm -hmm. And I still have them and still use them today. And this was years ago. And then the next party is like, okay, well, I know you have those linen napkins Mm -hmm. from Amber's birthday dinner, so we can use those. And then we're going to add this piece. And so it's so cool to see my, like the depth of my entertaining cabinet, grow and I've not had to like buy stuff for when people show up, you know? Yeah. Well, and yeah, I mean, and that's kind of like where my event design background and the interiors kind of merges together and culminates. Like I love entertaining. I love throwing parties and I love helping other people throw parties, especially when, you know, I know all of the secrets and all the tricks to like make your life as a host a whole lot more simplified and easy. And a big part of that is like the tools that you're using. So, you know, you love to throw parties, you love to entertain. And so you already had a healthy amount of serving platters and, you know, whatever it might be. And then we kind of got together to curate, you know, some staple pieces that you can use for years and years and years to come. They're never going to go out of style. They're, you know, just beautiful and functional. And then as you have different events coming through, sure, we can supplement with maybe a new color of this or for the season, like, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe some greenery or whatever it might be. But um, kind of having that like curated entertaining closet, I think that you can always pull at a moment's notice, like you've got the candlesticks, you've got the platters, you've got the napkins, you've got, you know, all of the, the staples that just kind of set you up for success and you know and it feels so elevated yeah you know when like even like chad will have an employee come over for dinner or something and it's like being able to just super casually throw out like some nice linen napkins and all matching platters or a mm-hmm. beautiful water pitcher um it doesn't feel formal mm-hmm. you know it's like super casual it's stuff that we use as a family all the time but it looks so much more elevated than like here's some paper plates and some paper napkins yeah and the impact on the environment is less 100 percent. i mean yeah with with entertaining and with events there's so much waste that happens yeah. just you know in general so you know to be able to cut down on that and yeah like 
I don't know. I always like even to this day, like I've set thousands of dining tables, but to this day, whenever I'm setting a dining table, I feel very nostalgic about it because it mm. always reminds me of like Thanksgiving with my grandmother or, yeah. you know, like sitting down to a family meal or whatever it might be. And it just instantly feels more special. And so like you were saying, like you have a, a coworker or a colleague coming over for dinner. Okay. It's not like a giant blowout party. But you can do a little something to make that guest feel special and to make the space feel elevated and to have those items at the ready that you don't have to think like, oh, my God, I need to go out and buy a whole new set of dishes now. No, you don't have to do that. But just a couple of key signature pieces will instantly make the table feel really special and, you know, make the guest feel like, wow. Yeah. Again, maybe they don't notice like the color of the napkin or that you had like, you know, Heath ceramic, like whatever, but they just felt like, wow, this was so nice to yeah. like come over for dinner and have you take care of me like this. Yeah. It's it makes really a big special. difference. Yeah. That's hospitality. I love you that. Know, it's just like, it's just such a like generous, like welcoming of people and like making them feel good. Oh, so nice. Yeah. And you have, if memory serves some, guides or even like workshops on this on your website? Um, I don't have, well, I do have, um, the table like I have a tablescape like, yeah, that's course. What I was yeah, absolutely. It's on my event website, um, which is rmbocollective.com. Um, but I should put it on the, uh, the interior yeah. site too, because it's so yeah, beautiful, it, like it the best inspiration, mm-hmm. especially I feel like now we're coming up on holidays and entertaining and yeah. holiday parties and all of that. Mm-hmm. It's like just such a beautiful guide yeah. for how to make your table feel special yeah. and have that hospitality. Yeah. So cool. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And yeah, it just helps to take, take away some of the guessing and some of the stress that happens when we're, you know, entertaining for the holidays or have you know, we're making the meal and then we have to set the table and we have to create the vibe and do the music and do the drinks and all of that. And it can be overwhelming, but, um, I have some tricks to make it a little bit, a little bit less daunting. Love. Yeah. Okay. Now, thank you for (laughs) being our guest. Yeah. That was such a nice conversation. Uh, be sure to like and share and subscribe and whatever else you can possibly do on your podcast screen to support our adventure. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it. 